KSOS radio podcast. Life issues, artist interviews, and faith. Downloading. Downloading. Now. We're talking to Josh and Matt from the Afters on SOS Radio. How are you guys this morning? So good. Thanks for having us in. So good to be here. Okay, we're going to play a game. We've got to kick this off with a game. It's called Blank Space, okay? You know, Vegas style. I have a deck of cards here. Each one has a fill in the blank, okay? And you're going to choose one. Who's going to be brave to go first? I'll do it. Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to pick just kind of in the middle here and then just read it here. I am most inspired by first three things that come to mind. I am most inspired by the long suffering of my wife. She is Mm. just such a trooper. You know, like, for example, right now I'm here in Las Vegas having a good time on the radio and she is at home taking care of my dog and my three children and paying the Mm. bills and all that stuff. So um, that's amazing. What else am I most inspired by? Or Josh, you have one? I think about this a lot. Like the people who have lived a life that I kind of mm. I admire. And my dad was one of those people. Mm. Um, he wasn't in my life nearly long enough. He passed away when I was 24. But the years that I had, I learned so much from him. Also, when I think about people that I'm inspired by, I feel like God has put mentors in my mm. life that have been so invaluable. When my, when my dad passed away, I prayed that God would put men in my life who I could look up to, who could pour into to my life, who I could gain wisdom from. And, mm. uh, and one of my friends, uh, Sheffy in yeah. Texas, has been that, yeah. kind of like a surrogate dad, and uh, has, just, has just poured into my life. So very inspired by that, people that challenge you and make you want to be like this. Mm-hmm. I always think you got to have somebody who is a mentor to you, and then you got to mentor somebody else yeah. as you get older too. Josh, your turn. Pick a card, any card. The best advice I ever got was. Oh. The best advice I ever got was. That is a great, man, these are deep. Yeah, I got one. So my parents, they told me, you know, when it's time for you to get married and you know the woman that you want to marry, have a short engagement. Don't do one of these year, two year long engagements. They're like, if you, if you both know that this is the girl you want to marry, then just get married, you know, keep it short. So, so much wisdom. And I thought that that was really good advice. And I, and I give that advice too to young couples who are thinking about getting married. My wife and I, we followed that advice. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we were best friends for two years and at the uh, ripe old age of 19, (laughs) uh, I started dating her and we dated for three months and then got engaged and we were only engaged for three months. And we've been married for 22 years now. Boom. So, I feel like we're sitting in a coffee house together, and we're talking with Josh and Matt from the Afters on SWS Radio. You originally met when you were younger, but you ended up working together at a Starbucks. Is that where you reconnected when you were older? So it's, it's a funny story, but so Josh and I actually met in grade school, and then mm-hmm. we went to high school together. We were separated by a couple of years, though, so the only class that we actually had together was choir. So I I knew Josh even from earlier and then had some interactions with him. And then one day I walked into a Starbucks to get a job, and lo and behold, Josh Havens is behind the counter. And I was like, yes, I got this job. I know someone on the inside. (laughs) Uh, I got you, Matt. And so we started working the morning shift together. I got the job, obviously, uh, and we started working the morning shift together. And this is when Starbucks first came. You didn't know that it was five a.m. You didn't realize. If I had known 
that I was going to be having to wake up at like 4.30 every day. I might not have tried to get that job, but <laughs> um, we, used, we were working the morning shift together and opening the store every day. And this is when Starbucks first came to Texas and people did not understand why they would buy a $4 coffee or a 5 or $6 coffee when they could go to 7-Eleven and buy a 50 cent cup of coffee. So there was a long time every morning when we'd, work, when we'd open the store that nobody would come in. And after many days of being just bored out of our minds, we started bringing our guitars to work and then started making up songs when people would come in. We'd maybe just sing their drink order to them or whatever. And then we just... We both just had such a passion for music. We started it was actually, songs together. It was actually my wife who was kind of at the center of making us a band, if you think about it. My wife actually worked at that same Starbucks. That's how we became friends. And uh, she was going to Dallas Theological Seminary, and they had a missions conference, and she needed somebody to play music. And she heard us playing there in the store for customers. Oh, and she was like, right. could you guys put together a set of music? And so we did uh, for this missions conference, and everybody was like, where can we see you guys play again? So we're like, we should book some dates. And uh, we've been playing music together ever That's since. That's so funny. I never put yeah. your I never put the Dallas Theological Seminary connection with Kara. Of course, that's so why thank we you got to my that wife, gig. Kara. <laughs> no. So what you're saying is you have a beautiful wife who loves coffee, mm. who's willing to take a risk at 19, and yes. she's smarter than you. Way, way <laughs> smarter than me. If I say anything smart, I'm just repeating something I heard from her. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about music and coffee and smoked meats with Josh and Matt from the Afters on us with radio. So we're talking about hobbies. And when you're not playing music, Smoking brisket is a passion. During yes. the whole pandemic season, that became a hobby for us. We both got Traeger grills, and uh, which is like a pellet smoker. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started this thread with uh, some other artist friends and, and other friends in, in music. And we, we call it the Traeger Bros. And it is so fun. We post, there's posts almost every day. Almost every day, yeah. And uh, so yeah, we started trying to perfect. The goal for me was I love brisket and I wanted to perfect a Texas style brisket. And so, uh, yeah, we've started doing that. The problem is smoking meat, you have to be so patient. And so my wife has actually invited friends over and just, you know, talked up my brisket because she's mm -hmm. had the brisket that was really good. And she's, she's talked it up and we're, we're going to make all these great sides with it. And the first time we did that, we had all these friends coming over and it was not nearly, I didn't give it enough time and it was not done. Mm. And so we ended up eating sides for dinner that night. You can't, you can't rush, rush brisket. the brisket. It has to just do its thing. And then when it's done, it's done. Yeah, the key is you have to leave it on long enough, otherwise That's right. it's going to be tough. Yes, like, it'll you can't be, undercook it'll be awful. it. No, it'll it's be It's not awful. a steak. It's not a filet mignon. No, it's a totally different, you know, and that's, I think, you know, there is a, there's an art to barbecue. Some people may not understand that, but yeah. So the Traeger Bros thread is a good, there's always a question like, hey, last time you did those burn ins, those looked so good. How'd you do that? What's your, you know, so there's all kinds of banter going back and forth mm -hmm. about like, how'd you do that? What seasoning did you use? What, you know? So it's fun. It's well, all the hardest fun. thing about it is you're like, yes, hey, we're, we're having a barbecue. We're going to be hanging out. You know, you guys want to float in the pool. That's cool. We'll eat sometime between like mm -hmm. 2.30 and 9 <laughs> yes, o'clock. Yes, yes. When it's exactly. ready, it's ready. But yeah. so Matt has been invaluable in this whole uh, meat smoking season because he, he got into it a little bit before the rest yeah. of us. And he's a researcher. Like he'll just study everything he can about that kind of stuff. And so he was just this wealth of knowledge. So we would all just get on the phone with him. He was like our Jedi master of meat smoking. So we, so, okay, I've got several friends at my church who are really into smoking meats and we did a, we did a retreat where we drove around Texas and we visited all of the, like the top five barbecue places in Texas, took us all weekend and 
we got to we got to go to some of the most legendary places like Franklin's and Austin and Snows in Lexington, Texas, and it was just uh, it was so much fun. But those pitmasters, did you meet, did you meet uh, Tootsie? I met Tootsie, yeah. So Snows in Texas, their story is amazing because it's it's only open on Saturdays. It's in this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. And the woman who is the pit master is 83 years old. Mm -hmm. And she had this this tragic story, lost her husband, lost her son, went through just hard season after hard season. And then at the at the ripe old age of eighty, mm-hmm. she was named best barbecue in Texas, and that's a very competitive thing over there. So I love like reaching the pinnacle of your life when you're eighty years old. That's you amazing. think you think you've lived your whole life, and you're just kind of chilling, cruising through the the last you know few years of life, and boom. The equivalent would be like if we wrote a song when we're eighty years old, and it yeah, ends up becoming yeah. our biggest hit ever. You know. She's like the Moses oh of barbecue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. You're never too old. You can if you're a Netflix person, you can watch her story. It's on a series called The Chef's Table. Oh yeah. And it's, it's really amazing. Good. Really good. It will make you so hungry, actually. By the end of it, you you're have just like I've got to go get some barbecue right now. Easter's coming up soon, and we're talking with Josh and Matt from the Afters on SOS Radio. And Josh, you actually lead worship at the Grove near Phoenix. I mean, what are some of the songs that grab your heart when you start thinking about the significance of what Jesus did through the resurrection? This last year, I loved uh, The Cross Had the Final Word from uh, Cody Carnes. That was one that really resonated with me, just the finality of that, that it, you know, after so many years of humans having to go to the altar and sacrifice to that, that, that the cross changed everything and the resurrection. It was a game changer forever. And, uh, and I, I love that song. Matt, you have a song that just kind of, that just kind of brings it all together for, yeah, Easter for you. I love all hail King Jesus, mm, Jeremy Riddle. Come on. It's just, it's the perfect Easter song to me. What I love about it is the first verse and chorus of the song, even though they're singing all hail King Jesus, there's like this question mark, like, is, is he really like, he's dead. Like he's still dead in the, in the tomb, you know? And then the, the turn before the second chorus, the earth began to shake and the veil was torn and it kind of plays through the whole like moment. And then it gets really big in the bridge and it's let every tongue confess that he is Lord. Let every, it's just like, it's just really powerful. And if you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. Cause it's, it's a great way, I think, to like prepare your heart for what Easter morning will, will be like. When Jesus died on the cross, like there's this big giant veil mm-hmm. in the temple yeah. surrounding where regular people go to where the high priest gets to go in the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like floor to ceiling, like 40 plus 50 feet tall, right? And it's like as thick as a phone book. And that's what was ripped from top to bottom. Like nobody could climb up there. There wasn't a ladder that big. Who were those, the power team? Remember those (laughs) power lifters that would share the gospel and rip phone books in half? They could not. They could maybe. No, not even they could do that. Mm -mm. Not even they could do that. No way. I'm excited for this Easter, though. Uh, My sister has been in town. She lives in Israel and she's an archaeologist. Uh, She's married to an Israeli uh, Jew who got saved. So they're, they're Messianic Jew. And uh, she was just sharing with me this week about how special this particular Easter is because the calendar lines up with exactly the same sequence of days as it would have been when, when Jesus actually had Passover with the disciples. Oh, interesting. And so she was sharing all these cool parallels from like the, the significance of when he had Passover and, and why it was so important that it happened on those days because that coincided with him being the lamb substitute 
you know, because part of the mm. Passover Seder yeah. is that you have the lamb. And, and right. if you go through the, the Passover dinner, there's a correlation with Jesus with every step of it. Mm-hmm. And with him being the ultimate sacrifice that brought freedom, just like the Israelites found freedom, Jesus brought freedom for everyone. It's going to be a really meaningful Easter. We're talking about finding freedom with Josh and Matt from the afters today at SWIS Radio. A minute ago, we were just talking about the significance of the resurrection. And you think about where we want to have hope in Jesus in every area of our life. And sometimes in our families, it's tough, like keeping that hope front and center where there's people you've been praying for, your friends or family that get caught up in addiction. And you just go, okay, we try and we share. We try to model our life. And you feel like things don't always cut through. And I know, Josh, you have a brother that for a long time sort of lost touch and was caught in an addiction and it was really frustrating for you where you're talking to your mom and your mom's trying to include him but there was some toxic patterns and you're at this place where you just almost wanted to write it off in a season man we've seen god work in in some incredible ways in our family and my brother he was a, a, a meth addict for 10 years and uh, man, so many people tried to reach out and help him and he would just push everybody away. Man, I remember some really hard times. There was, there was a night where he was wanting to, to get drugs and didn't have money and he actually called and threatened my life. And so I kind of wrote him off. He was threatening to come over and, and, and harm me and all these things that you do when you're in that place. And so I, I was kind of just done with it. And it was my mom who said, you know what? We can't give up on him because God hasn't given up on him and we just got to pray for him. I was like, he's not getting better. No, he's a lost cause. But my mom was right. And uh, he did get to the place. I mean, it, it took him getting arrested. He had a meth lab in his house and he was, he was busted for that. And he had to serve some time. But ultimately he got to that place and checked himself into a Christian rehab. And, and that faith that my parents had instilled in him is what he leaned on when he lost everything and hit rock bottom. And so he's, he's been a believer now for over 15 years and has been clean and, and it's really cool. I, I have a sister too. Man, this is, this is a really cool thing to see because uh, God's faithfulness over time, there's times that we wonder, God, why have you not answered our prayer? Well, sometimes it's just because we haven't given enough time. Like sometimes the answering of a prayer is a mm-hmm. process. Yeah. You know, it's not rubbing a genie bottle and getting what we want instantly. Sometimes the, the answer to prayer takes time. And my mom actually started writing down her prayers because she started realizing 20 years later that God was answering prayers that she never would have given him credit for. And we found a Bible recently that, that had all of her, her old prayers. And she was like, God answered every single one of these. One of the prayers that we had when I was uh, younger was my sister, who is an archaeologist. She went off to university to study archaeology. And uh, her goal was to be Indiana Jones because she was obsessed with Indiana Jones. And so she graduated and moved to Israel and started studying under one of the top biblical archaeologists in the world. But the guy's an atheist, and he is out to just disprove the Bible. He didn't believe that Exodus happened or that Moses was real. Or he didn't believe that any of those Bible stories are anything more than fables and stories and, and something that people use to control others. And so my sister would come and, and debate us and argue and try to convince us, well, God's not real. The Bible's not real. And it just broke my parents' heart. And my dad, before he passed away in 2004, he gave my sister his Bible. And it was this worn out Bible that had all of his notes and his highlighted passages and gave it to her and said, I know this doesn't mean anything to you, but I hope that someday it does. I pray that, that, that it'll mean something someday. So she just put it on her bookshelf, never looked at it. 11 years later, her family was going through a really hard season. And she started having these dreams that Jesus was a part of. And she, I remember her telling me, I'm having Jesus dreams and I don't like it. 
And uh, one night it was so strong uh, that she woke up and, and went into the living room. She went to get some water and saw that Bible sitting on the shelf. And for the first time since my dad gave it to her, she walked over and opened it up. And there was a passage that my dad had highlighted that just popped off the page to her and it spoke directly to what she was going through. And so for the next two nights, she kept coming back to that Bible when she couldn't sleep. And every time there was scriptures that would just speak to, to what she was feeling. And I got a phone call from my sister. It was the middle of the night for her. And she said, Josh, I want to give my life to Jesus. So I prayed with her. And three months later, she flew out to Arizona where I live and I got to baptize my sister. Her husband who is an Israeli Sabra Jew, which means he was, his family goes way back there. He gave his life to Jesus and is now a Messianic Jew. And uh, last October, they moved back to Israel. They live uh, in the Galilee area, just above the Sea of Galilee. And they started a ministry reaching out to people in the science community, in the Jewish community, in the archaeological community, showing that you can believe in history and science and all those things, and you can believe in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, it makes all the other stuff come alive and but I saw that, that change in her, that, wow, God can change any heart, never give up. And I love the faithfulness of my dad in giving that. He didn't get to mm. see the outcome. He had to leave this world before he got to see the answer of his prayer. But that's God's faithfulness, right? That was their prayer that their daughter would come home and, and God answered it. Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If, if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.